Hello and welcome to the Promise Scotland's podcast. This is our first uh, toe dip into the world of podcasting and we hope this will be a useful space to explore some projects and issues that require a bit of a longer conversation. Uh, the Promise Scotland is an organisation set up to support change in and around the care system and it came out of the independent care review that published its conclusions um, in February 2020. So we as an organisation are set up to support uh, change and support the implementation of the independent care review. I'm Fiona McFarlane, I'm Head of Public Affairs at the Promise Scotland and today I've got two guests with me who I'm just going to ask to introduce themselves. So Steph, who are you? Hi there, so I'm Steph Crisp and I'm the Improvement Lead at the Promise Scotland. So I work in the Insights team and my job's all about how can we use data, evidence, research in Scotland to improve towards keeping the promise. Great. And Fraser, who are you? Yes. And what do you do? So Fraser MacDonald, I'm Head of Delivery and Innovation for the Data for Children Collaborative, which was a partnership between Scottish Government, Edinburgh University and UNICEF. And essentially, I look at how we build kind of multinational, multi-sector partnerships to solve problems with data uh, to improve outcomes for children. Great. Well, that's fab because today we are going to try and talk about data and what it means to keep the promise and how what a core part it is and particularly about some of the work that Promise Scotland and uh, Data for Children Collaborative are doing together. But before we get into the meat of um, the project and, and, and what's happening around it, Steph, I just wanted to um, talk to you a little bit about data as a as a concept really and 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 its role within um the care system and what that means just to contextualize a little bit you worked at the independent care review didn't you Steph so do you want to tell us a little bit about what you did there actually yeah uh sure yeah so I um worked at the care review towards the end of it um and at that point we were basically trying to bring together all the evidence that had been commissioned, as well as all the kind of the, the methodology of the care review to capture like how how it, how it had been really re- led by by voice. Um, yeah. And so my job was to try to basically create a resource that could be used to understand, I guess, all the, the research and evidence that underpins what the care review heard, yeah. uh, um, as well as trying to capture what was heard, which yeah. obviously five and a half thousand people, there was a lot a yeah. huge amount in no, there it was to a learn huge, from. Yeah, huge, huge participative exercise and all that information, you know, eventually became the the final outputs of the of the promise. But they also they're also captured in the evidence framework, which is still on the Care Review website if anybody wants to go and delve into that. But looking specifically at data, I suppose data in some ways, I think people get a bit scared of it, don't they? It feels like it's something that really quantitative statistics people do. Mm-hmm. And it can be a bit of a confusing term. In relation to the work that, 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 we're, that we're doing and that's happening in, in, in Scotland around data, what, what, what do we mean by data? What, what, what is it? Yeah, sure. Um, and also, I guess, to start by saying that in terms of reassuring people, so in our team, we definitely have people who have that kind of numerical, quant statistics background and skill set, but I certainly don't. And that's really not all that this is about. That's only part of it. So when we talk about data, I think we're just using that word to mean information. And yeah. that can be information that is in numbers, which obviously do really help and have their place, but it's also about words about stories about qualitative information and that can tell us about it can describe issues it can tell us about outcomes it can tell us about you know what what people have experienced mm-hmm. so just about anything i think we've got a, a member of the oversight board actually who quite helpfully re- re- reminds us to not just talk about data and just say 
you know, information. So. Information. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, it's, it's definitely easier to get your head around, isn't it? And in relation to what the independent care review said, what 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 did it say about mm. data and the care system? Because, um, well, yeah, there's lots of lots of statistics that come out that show things are either good or not good, or and people use them for lots of different um, for, to say lots of different things. But what what did the care review itself say about data? Mm. So data came up absolutely loads, especially so across the whole workforce. Data came up as, frankly, mostly as as a problem, as something that. Um, that should be helping people to do their jobs better, but wasn't. So very disconnected systems, lots of people with using different software, lots of um, basically disjointed, disparate information that only sort of really captures snapshots in terms of mm -hmm. people's lives. Um, and I think also, you know, lots of stories about children and young people and families having to repeat their stories lots yeah. and lots of times. So this very disconnected picture. But I think the really crucial thing that the care of you heard about data is that what is currently being captured really reflects more about what matters to the system and what's useful to people doing their jobs and what's useful for people at their sort of strategic meetings. And of course, there has to be a place for that kind of data. But actually, if we want to keep the promise, what was really caught was children wanted to have better experiences. So how did they arrive at the outcome? The outcome tells us what's happened, you know, what, mm -hmm. what, what the result is. But actually, it was all the experiences along the way that made that awful or made it great and yeah. that's what's really important and I think the other thing that really came out was relationships as part yeah. of experiences and the, you know the way that we're doing data at the moment it just it doesn't really support us to to capture that and that's really what this is about that's what the care review was about was about actually that we need to shift whose voice is being heard mm -hmm. and it's got to be about what matters to children and families and not what matters to the system yeah yeah no I think that's really helpful and I think it's, it's also really um powerful and what the care review managed to create in relation to those composite stories didn't they which was a mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and I just wonder if you could just touch on that a little bit and what what that meant so I suppose I'll I'll lead you into it but the care review was really um determined not to share the individual experiences of actual people so that it was really um, um wanted to protect confidentiality and also just because Scotland's a small place even some of the usual things that you might do to anonymize actually the experience itself could identify people mm -hmm. so it was really um clear that that, that wasn't going to happen so it created 12 composite stories so do you want to just touch a little bit on you know um what they were and how they were created yeah sure so so i mean You've, you've started to cover it there. Basically, that was an amalgamation of everything that was heard, especially from the perspective of children. Um, and in, I guess, again, it's another one of those posh words, but thought of analysed. Yeah, yeah. Which is another word of just saying we thought about it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, that was analysed and all the different things that we heard were pulled out of those and made into stories that meant that hopefully everybody that had engaged with the care of you could see some part of themselves and their story in that without it actually being any one person's. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's really important about those stories as well is they really help to kind of humanise yeah. things. Yeah, I think sometimes it's really difficult, kind of there's a lot of work going on to try to to uh, to map things, which we'll be talking about, of course, but I guess to kind of use lots of disparate bits of data to, to sort of create a story. Mm -hmm. But really, I just don't think there's a substitute for a story in terms yeah. of the way people 
absorb information and talk to one another and remember yeah. things, you know. So the composite stories have been really important to us in, in really trying to ground all of this work that can get quite abstract and quite mm-hmm. processy and systemy mm-hmm. and really keeping it grounded in, in what the care of you heard from from children and young people who you know they're what this is about ultimately yeah, yeah. and just one question the final question for you um steph just before i go on to to speak to um fraser about the project itself thinking about all of that all that the care of you um told us about data about the difficulty and really seeing the experience of children and young people within it and and what matters to them why then is data as a concept and as a thing so important for wider efforts to keep the promise? Mm-hmm. So for me, this is a really interesting question because I often think that, understandably, we've got colleagues who feel that data is is kind of quite a small part of this, mm. you know, obviously in terms of how it interacts with people's day-to-day lives. But really, we think of data almost as this kind of factual output yeah. you know and it's just this like a almost an artifact and mm-hmm. it's a thing and it, mm-hmm. it represents truth mm-hmm. but in reality the way that we gather data the decisions that are made to choose some kinds of data and not others the way that then in terms of the way organizations work what people on the front line even need to be doing mm-hmm. in order to get that kind of data mm-hmm. has a massive impact and that's on top of of course all the sort of the ways that data is used to help inform decision making you know things that have really massive impacts on people things that influence all the way you know to to the people in power to politicians so it's really important and if you think about the difference between you know how you would find out how many times a child has moved to school so for example yeah. in Isla's story we know that she's moved Isla's a composite story she's at one the of the composite of stories yeah. thanks sorry for you yeah. no it's fine um we know that she's moved loads yeah. and there's probably a way of counting the number of times that she has moved yeah but if you think about what it would entail actually talking to her and asking, you know, are you managing to keep in touch with people that are important to you when you move and how are you feeling about this? And again, capturing her story, Mm -hmm. even in terms of the interaction she's going to have with professionals, that's going to be really different. So it has this very direct impact. And it also, you know, in terms of the amount of resource that goes into collecting, analysing data, you know, we've got to make sure that those resources are going to the right places. So, you know, it, it, it really does underpin ev- everything. Yeah. yeah, and it's also what politicians and, and others reach for as a demonstration of whether or not we're everyone's doing well enough. Exactly. And therefore, if it, if it's going to get used for that, then we need to be thinking about how it's being used to actually reflect what matters to the children and families and the quality of the relationships that they have. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Steph. I'll put you um, off the hot seat for a minute and back, <laughs> back to Fraser. So just... Just very specifically about the project that you're doing with the Promise Scotland, the Doing Data Differently Differently project. Before we get into that, what what is what is this broader work that the Data for Children Collaborative in Scotland is doing? What's 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 the grand aim? What are you trying to what are you trying to achieve? <laughs> yeah, so the Data for Children Collaborative. So the, the, it's been in existence now for for over three years, and it and it was born out of this partnership of um, Scottish government. Edinburgh University and uh, UNICEF. And the whole concept was how can we build and create what we call data collaboratives? So these are groups of expertise, people, organizations who are all kind of collectively trying to aim towards better interaction, collaboration, and improving their use of data. And so our kind of 
general aim is to improve outcomes for children globally, globally using data responsibly. Okay. Um, quite a grand aim. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to do. How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, getting there. Um, yeah. And we do that through lots of ways and lots of mechanisms mm. that we've learned over the years of how to create these collaborations. And we have underpinning all of that, this kind of concept of responsible innovation. So, yeah. you know, it's all fair and well. We talk about innovation and we're driving for this kind of innovative society, but we need to do it responsibly. And there's things to think about in that around the ethical implications of what you're doing, who you involve, who you engage, where your data is stored, all this sort of thing. So we have lots of kind of frameworks and methods and processes to ensure that in our projects. And then just particularly about this Doing Data Differently project that you're doing with the Promise Scotland, how, how did that come about and what's your particular role in that work? Yeah, how did it come about? It seems a while ago now, doesn't it? So uh, we were approached uh, by the Promise who, who kind of had this grand idea or problem or challenge around how do we conceptualise what's going on in the data space for mm. everything that the Promise is representing. And you know, inevitably you start to lead towards this idea of how do we build, we need to kind of map this out. And everyone will always talk about in, in the data world, we need to map it. And and what do you mean, just to, is that mapping, what is that? Is that mapping well, yeah, like, data sources? Is, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where does data exist? You okay. know, how accessible is it? How is it stored? What mechanism is it used to store it? What systems do people collect it with? And that is, and what, and what do we, um, is that the sort of big data sets that might yeah. come out? Yeah. But then is it also that, underlying thing that Steph was talking about as well. Well, yeah, because, you, you know, we talk about we talk about data as a kind of kind of generalistic term, but in reality, there's a lot of nuance in there because yeah. you've got, you know, people who write things down in a notebook or they, yeah. you know, that's all information that is useful and of interest or could be. Mm-hmm. And so this, this idea, we didn't want to, you know, by no means start to look and interrogate that data. We just no. understand where it all is and where does yeah. it exist and where does it exist in relation to one another. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, it's a very complex system of, of organizations mm-hmm. who all work here. And so we got, we got kind of got approached with this and inevitably you start to think about mapping data and people talk about mapping mm-hmm. data. Now, the challenge with any sort of data map is times against you, right? As soon yeah. as you start to collect information from organizations, you're almost immediately out of date yeah. <laughs> in this sort of world. And also it's very resource intensive to do that. Um, mm. And so, you know, when we originally spoke to the promises, this, con- this really nice concept of whatever we do can't just then sit on a shelf behind us and say, yeah. that was great, we did that. It yeah, here's to, a lovely map of here, all these yeah, data sources. That yeah. was relevant a year ago. Yeah. It, it has to grow and change with the landscape it's in. Mm-hmm. And so that in itself creates a really interesting project actually it's a very unique way of looking at this of how do you build something where the the sum of the parts is greater Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's where it originated from and then that's where we decided to take this approach that we have developed called impact collaborations so Mm -hmm. it's this kind of concept that you don't necessarily want to work with specific organizations you want to work with specific expertise so how do you take that original idea that challenge and break that down into what kind of expertise you would need so you know, you need data engineering, you need analytics, you need visualization, you need contextual understanding. How do you bring those different mindsets into one room and build a project with them as opposed to for them? Yeah. And they help you steer and shape the project based on their experiences and their understanding of their expert kind mm-hmm. of worlds. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the project becomes a lot more kind of richer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot more uh, different perspectives and contexts that are brought in. Mm-hmm. So we did that as an impact collaboration. We built a partnership that kind of crossed private and public and academia, uh, and started started the work. And I, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been um, 
it's been interesting, I think, because it's been quite exploratory initially. Because it was, yeah. you know, what, what is what is this thing we're trying to do? Does it work? Yeah. And then now it's going to kind of a much more practical, starting to build it. And what and and starting from that base of where are we on data in the care system in Scotland? What does that look like? What are the collaboratives, uh, collaborative spaces we need to build and who do yeah. we need to bring in? From that space, which I'm, I think got going, you know, not that long after the care review, really, yeah. where where is it now? What's 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 the what's the aim and hope for the project in terms of taking it forward as something that becomes useful for people? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, we, as you say, we've transitioned now from a kind of exploratory, what is the scale of this, to a very pragmatic build now. Yeah. So the, the, the team are now building what is essentially a, a mechanism for various stakeholders to interact and input their information into it. And I think that's key there is that it's not, you know, the promise going out and asking people. It's it's organizations interacting with it and saying, this is what we've got, this is the information we hold, this is where it exists. And then behind the scenes, it starts to connect the dots and mm -hmm. starts to build what we could call a, a data map. I kind of think of it more as a, kind of information ecosystem. Um, wow. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, where, where is everything? How does it all connect to one yeah. another? How complex is it? And, yeah. and, and therefore, and that, what that does is start to build a good foundation for, right. And how do we address the yeah. complexity? Yeah. Um, you know, how do you visualize that in a way that the org, the organizations that have inputted into it can gain value back out? Yeah. And so that's where we're at now with the project is really starting to build it and going to kind of launch it and let organizations start to interact. And what, for organisations who want to start interacting with this data map and using all the information that they've got, what, why would they want to do that? I suppose so. If you're sitting in a local authority, I might give this one to you, Steph. This yeah, question: sure. If you're sitting in a local authority or a third sector organisation who's working with children and families or whoever it is that you might be doing, why? What's you know? Why get up in the morning and think, do you know what? That Promise Scotland and UNICEF collaborative data map that's going to be really useful to me. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good question. And I think one of the things that when we set out on this project, I think we knew, but we probably didn't focus on enough is that I think there may be an assumption that all organisations kind of already know what data they have. And, what, and just to break that down, so is that, so again, let's just take a local authority example. Uh -huh. Would that mean that, you know, you, you would assume that they would know how many children that they are looked after in that terminology or how many children are looked after at home? I mean, is it that level of data that folk don't know or what, what is it that so they I, might not know? So not exactly. So so there is that, but more just in terms of, you know, local authorities are a great example because they're really big organisations. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the approach that The Promise took and the one mm -hmm. that we at The Promise Scotland want to take, it was all about really understanding the full picture, like the life around a family. How do mm -hmm. they, you know, what do they do day to day? Not yeah. just what is their interaction with this service. And because we're looking at that, we're also trying to look at a much broader landscape of data. So yeah. I'm using landscape, but again, no, no. you know, what in terms of a local authority, obviously they have all kinds of different services that they're delivering beyond children's services, beyond family support. Yeah. So things like housing and parks and leisure and transport and all things that have a real impact on day-to-day -day life. But mm -hmm. again, these are large organisations. They don't necessarily have loads of touch points between the different departments. Yeah. I mean, most places do now have, like, that's one of the reasons why you hear so much about the importance of kind of multi-agency collaboration. But that's also one of the things the care of you heard is just how difficult and time-consuming 
doing that information sharing that's so necessary, mm-hmm. like how long it can take, how difficult because these systems aren't speaking to one another. Yeah. So just even in terms of really understanding, okay, so what do we already have without going out and collecting new data, mm-hmm. without sort of reinventing the wheel? I think organizations can use this as a tool to really understand as an organization, yeah. but also as partnerships. And that's the reality yeah. of it is there are very few organizations now that are working on their own. It just doesn't happen. No. And I think that, you know, obviously there's a lot of significant challenges that go hand yeah. in hand with that too. You've got organizations with kind of differing priorities, things yeah. that they need to get delivered and they're holding also, individual budgets. Exactly. Not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's loads of complexity there. And I mm-hmm. think that again, something that can enable organizations to surface some of that, to kind of yeah. look at it and say, right, okay, actually I didn't realize. And, and that is what we found in the early stages of this project, working with some of our partners on it is that they have found that really helpful. So even Mm. before we've even got to the point of really filling this tool with the data and before we've got to the point of also then seeing how it connects with other people's, Mm -hmm. just that process of kind of saying like, right, what have we got and where do we need to find it from and who are we not speaking to that we ought to be and just that whole process of exploration. So that was a big part of the first phase of this project was like Fraser said, just finding out like, okay, how do we do this? How do we even go about finding out who knows what? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we then ask the right questions? Because, yeah. again, there's so many different types of information that are relevant and there's such a big difference between data and information that's reportable yes. and collectible and the stuff that actually could really matter. So we know yeah. there's tons of organisations who are funded to do you know, amazing work that really directly has an impact on children and families' lives, but they're not necessarily the ones whose information is being captured because, you know, they're talking about maybe they've got notes in a file about how it's been today or an an incident Mm -hmm. that's happened or, you know, how, how is, how's a child doing, how are they feeling? Yeah. But those things might not end up being something that Mm -hmm. then somebody who's got purse strings and is holding a budget can really get into and understand and that's and that's the kind of thing that eventually you know Mm -hmm. we we want this tool to be able to help people to to surface Mm -hmm. as well as what actual kind of numerical statistical data do you have because you know there's still going to be a role for that um and does it connect doesn't it all of those things so that's so it sounds to me that it's creating a platform that allows organizations to populate all the information that they've got and then from that, you're creating a framework to make better decisions. Yeah, it's ultimately it's, it's an improvement tool. Yeah, yeah. I think it, you know. It, so, so we outside of uh, this work with the promise, we often have interactions with various local authorities uh, and um, other kind of stakeholders who who really want to. They know they need to, and they want to start to partner and interact with others in terms of the data space and start to share information, share data. And inevitably, they'll say yes, we want to do it. Then they go. Right, but what do we have? <laughs> yeah. And do we have anything that's useful? And before you even get into kind of data sharing agreements and all this sort of kind of legal complexities, you need to know what each organization's what got. got and what formats it in and how yes. accessible is it? Because you're going to these conversations, and this is very nuanced kind of examples, but you go in and they say, yes, you could have that, but it takes maybe a year and a half to get. Wow. Or, you know, you can have that, but it's in a file of facts in the corner. So, you know, yeah. in... But actually to put people on it to get the information from those files or file yeah. files or whatever is a whole resource question whole, as well. A whole resource question. You yeah. don't, and currently, I don't think organisations really have the tools to make those initial kind of decisions, understandings. And so then you embark on these kind of grand plans and they kind mm-hmm. of fall short because you didn't have the initial landscape understanding mm. to, to do it and to see what could be done. Mm. Um, and so it's a really useful mechanism, I think, for 
every organization that inputs into it to really see what they then could do off the back of it. Yeah. So I suppose in my context, when I work in policy and public affairs, um, a lot of the time people are wanting to use data to sh- to see whether or not things have got better or whether or not they've got worse. And they're doing that in purely numerical terms a lot of the time. And what it sounds to me like is that this this project is actually trying to shift away from that, not to say that's not important, but actually looking at data as how you can improve the system rather than just prove what is happening in the system. Would that would that be a kind of fair characterization? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other really crucial part of the work that we're trying to do. Yeah. In going back to sort of how do we really ground this in mm-hmm. what the care review yeah. heard and the fact that what we really need to understand better is experiences and is relationships. So another part of the work that we're trying to do is we have taken everything that was heard during the care view and we've been translating that into a series of questions from the perspective of of the child. Mm -hmm. And the idea of that question isn't, those questions isn't to go out to children and families and ask them all these questions again. Mm. The idea is that it is a tool that can help organisations at the point where they've started to see what data they've got and, and like Fraser says, at the, the point they're trying to understand their data or use it in some way. They can use these questions to help them think about, okay, does the data we have actually help us do this? Can it help us answer these yeah. questions? And these questions are what matters to children and families. That yeah. is what the care of you heard. So for example, going back to Isla's composite story, we know that she really found it difficult moving. So her question might be, how have I been supported to keep in touch with the people that really matter to me? Mm-hmm. So you might then take some data that you've got this to do with, you know, maybe some data from education, some data from uh, from social care and look at kind of, okay, right, we've got this many moves and we know that Isla's doing okay at school and we know but can you genuinely answer that question about okay has she been provided with support Mm -hmm. to keep in touch with her friends keep in Mm -hmm. touch with her family Mm -hmm. and that's what we're also trying to do is kind of build a way of making this kind of framework Mm -hmm. to help organizations to understand where they might try something new where they've got gaps Mm -hmm. um and genuine gaps because that's the other thing is is quite often i think there's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction when we're feeling like we really need to know and understand something Mm -hmm. is to go out and collect more data or create yeah rather than understanding what we've already got no exactly and there were stories out of the care you know we heard good stories as well where there's a huge difference that's been made by somebody taking the time with a child to really explain all the time what's going on listening to what they wanted to happen as part of it supporting them you know through what's a difficult time but you know really helping them to reflect on what was happening Mm -hmm. to them and to think about how to adjust and you know really the, the difference between that and some of the stories where you know children were not really told anything until no. it was happening. And yeah, so, you yeah. know, it was a really traumatising yeah. thing happening to them and nobody's really explained it. And, and that, you know, the difference that when somebody looks back on that experience as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're worlds apart and, and that's, you know, really key yeah. here. Yeah, so I suppose, um, you know, we're really conscious at the Promise Scotland that we're not the only people that are working on data in Scotland. In some ways, it's quite a, quite a busy field. So I suppose, Fraser, for you, how, how does this broader work that, you know, the Promise Scotland's doing... Um, around the care system and around what how data can be used to improve decision making around around um, the care system and family support etc how does how does that what do you hope that will achieve and how does that fit into a kind of broader data improvement landscape it's a bit yeah. of a meta question <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big question isn't it and I think you know, if, I, if I reflect back on what this project is trying to do when you really look down at the core of it I always think you know, I always think of this and it kind of builds off things you've said previously mm-hmm. we're not trying to to create the be-all and end-all solution here. What we're trying to do is 
create something that allows us to understand the scale of the challenge we need to face. So it, it almost, if you think about it conceptually, it visualizes where the pinch points are, where the problems are, where the interactions could and need to happen that allows, you know, organizations and then up to government level to go, right, okay, this is where we need to tweak and edit this. But until you can see it holistically, you can't really do that. Mm -hmm. You start to do a kind of a piecemeal solution here and there, and then you end mm -hmm. up in the situation that we're kind of in now. Yeah. And so that's of immense value as a process. And we, we, the collaborative, obviously, we don't just work in Scotland, we work internationally, and we always look to take the learning from each of our projects to our other projects and go, right, how can we apply and adapt this process to something else or some other bit of work? Mm -hmm. And likewise, we take stuff we've learned internationally, bring it back into Scotland. Normally that manifests, manifests itself as the processes we use and the way that we approach problems. Um, and we, we kind of take that into the various workshops and sessions that we run. And through that, you kind of get kind of crossover learning and knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this by no means is the only Scotland project we do. We've done other ones that look at kind of rural urban attainment challenges yeah. uh, across the northern parts of Scotland and the islands, which... There's been lots of learning from that taken into this. And one of the partners of this project, University of Strathclyde, the Fraser of Andrew Institute, they took learnings from that project into this one. And so we've already kind of done some of the scoping understanding mm -hmm. of what data people have and what they don't have. That can build into this. Yeah. And then likewise, we work on problems. I mean, it's probably completely far from this sort of thing, um, looking at uh, gender barriers to vaccination in countries, in some countries in Africa. And that's that's some kind of more how do you look at I guess this is explaining the kind of the breadth of stuff we do yeah, in some yeah, ways yeah. but that's you know there's massive uh, dis, you know issues with young girls less likely to get vaccinations than, than young boys and to organizations like UNICEF that's a that's a big challenge yeah, yeah. and so how do you understand where where in a country are young girls most likely to not receive vaccinations for yeah. a whole variety of reasons and how do you do that in a cost effective and sustainable way yeah. now that project's you could think of it as completely different to this one mm -hmm. um, but the mechanisms that we've developed and designed through learning from the Promise Project goes into that sort of work yeah. and we take that into that and, and it enables us to provide a much kind of richer collaborative experience yeah no that's really interesting one of the things I'm, we're just whenever we're talking about what can feel like intractable problems or big projects or things that perhaps don't go as quickly as, quite as quickly as we might hope etc it's just really rooting it back in the experience of a children, family, young person who's living in and around the care system. So I suppose, Steph, just with your experience of the development of the composite stories and, and, and working on this project, getting this sort of data improvement work right or getting it better than where it is at the moment, what difference should that make to Anila or another child or young person who's living in and around the care system? Mm -hmm. So I think... If and when this this works, yeah. you've got to keep keep you know hopeful stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the difference it will make would be massive because again, it's about what will Isla's experience be of the people around her and what things they pay attention to and what things are their main focus. Yeah. Where are they really sort of investing their time with her? And hopefully that would feel like, you know, they're really listening to her and her family. They're really listening to the choices that they want to make. They're really mm -hmm. keeping her informed of what 
options you have. I think that's something that can be intensely stressful is, mm -hmm. is that sense of no control, no options. Um, I think people paying attention to how Isla is feeling, you know, I think that's that's the kind of the shift that, that we're going for is, you know, really paying close attention to what being Isla is like and what yeah. is her experience of her day-to-day -day life and, and how do you best, you know, find that out and make sure that she's really you know feeling loved and supported and yeah and also from what I've taken from this conversation is that the people who have and organizations who have responsibility towards Isla will have a better understanding of her life mm -hmm. and therefore able to make better decisions and plan services and um, supports that are more reflective of what she actually needs and values and that's it and you know and this is the thing is services have grown up over it's not just happened overnight you know over potentially centuries i'm looking to the corner because i'm not a historian but you know like <laughs> yeah. you know for sure these things have grown up around these kind of categories that may have started off over here you know right we'll, we'll deal with housing here and we'll deal with yeah. you know children here and older people here and and those things have kind of grown up in this way yeah. separate in a way that of course in someone's day-to-day -day life they're not separate at all no. they're all part, they're of, part of your family that's it and so yeah. there's some real challenges as well for the workforce and for these organizations in kind of undoing you know years and years of working in this way and mm -hmm. that's another thing that we really want this this project to help with is you know really start seeing data as a as a practice not as a thing but as a practice as something that yeah. kind of lives and breathes and interacts with you know, all these different elements of people's lives and not just kind of take take some data from there and some data from there and put them together kind of an approach. Yeah, and, and I think it locates right back to, in a sense, one of the core principles of the independent care review. And obviously it absolutely took a child rights-based approach and the importance of upholding, you know, the UNCRC and around the experience of a child, but also that you can't divorce that from the experience of a broader family mm -hmm. and that children's rights are live, lived and breathed within the family unit, mm -hmm. whatever type of family unit that might be, that they, that they, that they live in and that they, um, you know, yeah, they live their lives in. So actually to be able to understand all the information that's living in and around that family mm -hmm. actually helps support the children who are living in and around that family. You know, that we can't, we can't separate people up into individual little data units can we because actually we all live and breathe in between each other um yeah sorry, sorry no yeah, Fraser, no, I'm, I'm just chuntering now about no, data fine. like i'm some sort of expert <laughs> but it, it just it just reminded me that of the kind of our when we originally had the kind of scoping building the challenge and then we went through yeah. kind, of a kind of design thinking process and it was really interesting just what you said there because the challenge question that we put out there was you know what data is collected that directly and indirectly impacts children and families yeah and that's fine. It, with Even the that's a funny differentiation. Exactly. And so, yeah. so the directly bit was like, okay, fine enough. We can kind of see how that would work. Yeah. So we've got education, yeah. stats, you know. It yeah. was the indirectly yeah. that just scooped everyone. It's like, okay, that makes this problem really interesting and really yeah. difficult. And it really required, you know, multi-sectoral thinking here of, you know, mm -hmm. how do you, you need to have contextual expertise. You need to have people who understand the full ecosystem, like the promise. You need, you know, we had, we were lucky that we had, um, a local authority kind of a input into it to help us think about how it looks from their perspective. We had the academic perspective. You needed that because the indirectly bit had never really been thought about or done yeah. before. And what does that look like visually? Yes, yeah, so we've just individualised the child rather than thinking about how what's going on for all the people around them that yeah. does impact on them. Because you have to accept yeah. that it's a holistic system. It's connected. Absolutely. There's all these different things. And just to look at, uh, you know, a child, a young person 
you miss so much and you yeah. miss the things that are actually impacting them in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, you know, it's, it's very easy to say, okay, we're, you know, sometimes people say, oh, we're just doing a data map about, you know, what data is about young people. And it's so much more than that. It's, yeah. it's the interconnectivity of everything that impacts their lives. And that's why it's going to be, you know, amazing to see it start to grow and start and people start to input into it and just what, you can start to, the questions you can start to answer with that. Yeah, and I suppose that's, I just wanted to address because, you know, certainly at the Promise Scotland, we had hoped that we'd be able to get the, I think I think we used language of data map live last summer and that obviously hasn't happened. But that, but is that, you know, I suppose there's a question about why did that not, but was that because that directly, indirectly question took a lot longer than was expected? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot, as with a lot of our projects, they are quite, initially quite exploratory and yeah. we have to be quite agile in how we think because you st when you step into unknown ground it's impossible to know what's mm. going to happen right that's yeah. the very nature of that and so the initial parts of it were were quite academic you know Strathclyde yeah. did a lot of work and just looking at how you could even begin to do this how you you know and then we did a lot of you know work around what kind of tools you would use how you would start to bring this all together and so once you start, you realize okay this is actually a lot more complex mm. than, than you think and actually you could do a, you could do this quickly and do a pretty bad job, a pretty naff yeah. job uh, yeah. of it, um, and it would be that thing that sits on a shelf that no one ever really looks at again because it yeah. was great two years ago. Or we could build something that really grows with the community that's putting into yeah. it, and that takes a lot more effort to get it right. Yeah, um, you know, and but it's potentially a much more useful resource exactly. for everybody. Exactly, yeah. and I think yeah. it's important. You know, so often people, and it's been quite nice that we have accepted that slight delay because yeah. it means that we can get it right and do it yeah. correctly. Um, sometimes you kind of feel pressured by these times and you end up releasing something that doesn't really work and it becomes yeah. a bit of a flop. You know, we've all you know, yeah, seen no. and experienced those things. Whereas for this, it's a, no, actually what we're building is much more complex and it deserves the time that we put into it yeah. um, to get to get it right and to do you know, a, a justice for everyone who's, who's put effort into it. Well, that's a great segue question, actually, onto what the next phase of the work and a launch, I suppose, of 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 it as a tool. What what that next phase is hopefully going to look like. I don't know which Steph Fraser. Um, it's probably Steph actually, because I guess yeah. it's transitioning away from yeah. us now, in that the the, yeah. the the team have kind of been created and they're working great together, and they're now in the kind of build phase of it and getting it ready to launch, and then it will be the Promises' job to be the custodians of that and let it, let it yeah. carry on. So over to you, Steph. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so because of all the things that Fraser just said, the focus on the sort of this build phase right now has really been on making something that's going to be really, really user friendly, yeah. useful to people. That means that we're not kind of creating any bottlenecks by having to sort of wait till we have a you know, a finished product, so-called, which I think it's really important to understand that, you know, you can hear from the things that Fraser's saying just how how big and how sprawling mm -hmm. and how kind of complex this is. And we really want it to be able to to cope with all of that and, yeah. to, and also for it to, like I say, be a way to help people navigate through that. So the focus has really been on creating this very usable, um, interactive improvement tool, I guess, for people to put the data into it. Yeah, That's the next phase, really, is gathering enough data using you know uh, with working with a range of, of organizations so it won't go out to everybody yet yeah. we still need to have this phase where we're putting enough data from enough different kinds of organizations enough different kinds of data into yeah. it to sort of test it and to test it yeah. exactly because that's the really key thing here is we also need to in parallel with that start developing 
the way through, if you like. So people, talk, we, we use the analogy of, you know, if this is the map and the promise is the compass, you know, how can we start using some of the what matters questions that I talked about earlier with the composite stories and stuff yeah. to kind of help people to start visualizing this data, to be able to go to it and find out what they want to know easily, because otherwise it's just going to be really overwhelming. There's going to yeah. be so much information in there. And again, until we start kind of having enough of that information data in there, we can't start to really, you know, develop and, and I guess, start playing around with how best to make this really, yeah. really useful. And again, it's thank goodness for it being a collaborative approach because my understanding of software development is <laughs> poor at best. Yeah. But I do know that we're kind of using something called a graph database that is really well disposed to kind of helping you make these connections between different bits mm -hmm. of information. And what that means is over time, we're going to be able to get this kind of better and better and more sophisticated way of making some of these connections be automated and, and also just things like making it so that when people are putting their data into it it's going to have a drop down menu that comes up as you're typing so you can just select it you haven't got to type everything a million yeah, times yeah. and making it so that people who select no I don't click this kind of information it, it goes straight to the next bit they, they, yeah. so, so the usability ooh, of it yeah so so that is that going to be so that bit of work where you go out to um test it and like get people to play around with it and use it that's going to be happening over the next couple of months i think but that won't be a big um expansive scotland here is your promised data map will it no so we need to strike a balance between waiting forever and ever because obviously we want this to go out we want this to be used we want it to be useful but we need to have enough data in there to create that front end that i'm talking about yeah. what we don't want to do is go out too soon with it and for people to kind of try to interact with it but then find it's clunky and it's yeah. clunky or actually yeah. the way you navigate it's not that brilliant or you can't that won't be a big um expansive scotland here is your promised data map will it no so we need to strike a balance between waiting forever and ever because obviously we want this to go out we want this to be used we want it to be useful but we need to have enough data in there to create that front end that i'm talking about yeah. what we don't want to do is go out too soon with it and for people to kind of try to interact with it but then find it's clunky and it's yeah. clunky or actually yeah. the way you navigate it's not that brilliant or you can't find what you wanted or what have you so we have we have to kind of get enough so what we're trying to do is is work with a broad enough range of people that it's going to be a sort of i guess a representative sample if you like yeah. to use that language um and at the point when we feel like yes you know this is really usable and not when we feel like it when people that we're working with have yeah. told us when organizations know, who are doing the work are exactly. finding it usable then you'll yeah exactly yeah okay okay well i suppose that's just um like watch this space and i suppose at the promise scotland what we are committed to doing is to keep telling you about where we've got to with it and and when you can interact with it and how you can use it i think the other thing i just wanted to ask you particularly steph just conscious of um uh what data can mean to people even if you know they've listened to this podcast and understood it as an improvement tool as well what is the data map not so what does it not do Yes, that's a really good question. Um, so the data map is not something that holds the actual data. And I think that's a really important thing to explain. Yeah. So what we're doing is almost creating a kind of an index, right? So we are collecting information about data. Yeah. So if you wanted to go in and find out how many moves or you know any of those yeah. kind of statistical questions it's it's not that so it's yeah. not going to contain the actual information and it also it isn't something that's going to ever be completely finished as fraser said earlier you know 
date things can go out of date almost as soon as you finish them but we're hoping that even as we're building it there's going to be loads of really positive improvements to the data landscape so it needs to be really live and that also means it's hopefully it's never going to be finished it's going to be this tool that people are using to help them to improve um, and and over time we should also then be able to see some of those changes and improvements um so yeah so it's not going to be something that's kind of ever finished or yeah shut. So it's a it's a tool for organisations who um, run, plan, deliver services to use to help them do that better. Yes, exactly, yeah. precisely. Yeah, and just because we are gonna we are gonna hopefully get a a, a blog and a and and some information together from uh, some local authorities that have been using this process and have been part of it. So, so you can't speak entirely on behalf of them, but. But I suppose you can say a little bit about what what it is that they have already found helpful about about this being involved in the project and being able to understand their data better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it goes back a bit to what we were saying earlier. So uh, the the health and social care partnership that we've been working with have said that it really has helped them to understand better what they have as a partnership, yeah. and and you know, and to really think about that in terms of you know assets you know mm-hmm. things that they can really use to help them to keep the promise and understand yeah. where there's gaps um and i think also just helping in terms of thinking of that shift because it's it's a relative balance it's not about completely abandoning numbers and data it's a relative balance trying to shift more mm-hmm. towards really hearing hearing the voice of children mm-hmm. and families and mm-hmm. and therefore collecting information that that really reflects that okay great so there's been some of that work already. The next phase is to widen that out a bit to get more organisations to use it and to input in it. And then hopefully in the next um, few months and certainly over this year to get that more public so that it can be become a wider tool for folk to use. How can organisations or folk who are interested in this find out a bit more about the, the data project? Yeah, so there's more information about this project, the Promise Data Map, on our website. Um, I think it's under... Uh, change projects yeah change projects um, yeah. and you can get in touch with us as well through our hello inbox which is hello at the promise.scot okay so Steph Fraser thank you so much for being part of that I think what I've taken from that is there's been the initial organisations who've helped with this phase we're going to be going out to a wider range of organisations over the next few months to start using the data map putting their data in mm-hmm. and, and and testing it and then over the next year or so certainly by the end of the plan 21-24 cycle um, there'll be hopefully a wider data map that we can publish and that and that um, organisations can see and, and, and start using for themselves have I got that totally wrong or would that be would that be I think that's bang on. I think that's bang on. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming along today. Thank you for um, trying to unpack what data means and what data improvement means in the context of keeping the promise. So, And thank you for listening. Um, we do hope to bring some more podcasts on a variety of topics um, that relate to work to keep the promise so shortly um, over the next few months. So do get in touch with thoughts and things you'd like to hear about. And of course, any feedback. And yeah, thanks very much.